0: Welcome to Whores Talk Horror. We're not really whores. We just like wordplay.
1: Hello and welcome to Whores Talk Horror. I'm Sharon. I'm Melinda. Since it's Halloween season, we decided to do an entire episode where we talk about some of the horror movies that we've been watching this season. Okay, and before we start talking about any movies, we're just going to say it right now. Spoiler alert, there is going to be spoilers. All right, here we go the new Suspiria, directed by Luca Guadagnino. I think I'm saying that right. Um, The original Suspiria directed by Dario Argento. Um, And the only other movie that I've seen by uh, Luca Guadagnino is Call Me By Your Name, which I actually really liked. This movie, not so much. All right, so let's just get into the movie. Right off the bat, number one, the original The art direction, the sets, the color palette were so gorgeous. They were so... uh, Everything was just so bright and saturated with color. The first thing you notice is how drab and dull the color palette in this movie is, which I heard the director say it was intentional.
0: I literally have written down in my notes that the remake pales, no pun intended, in comparison to the original.
1: I was actually going to write that same exact thing, but I was like... That's too punny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Although, except for Dakota Johnson's hair. Can we just talk about that for a second? Her hair was gorgeous. Really? I thought it was... I mean, I understood stylistically why like, she had this bright red hair, and but I thought it was so unflattering on her. Oh,
1: I don't know. I kind of disagree.
0: Huh. Okay. And I, interesting. I thought, it,
1: I thought with her like really, really pale skin, it looked beautiful. I don't know. I love redheads. I was a redhead for a very long time, so...
0: I do too, but I just didn't think... I don't know. Maybe it was because everything else was just so drab.
1: That honestly didn't bother me. I thought it was really pretty. Next is that even though the plot of the original movie is not super complex, it's the the set design, the color, and the sound that make the original so good. And instead of hearing uh, the original scores by... Goblin from the mm. you know the original um, movie they're so like atmospheric and just kind of haunting and creepy and it's really really unique the music in Suspiria and it's kind of hard to describe and while I am a fan of Radiohead I was
0: waiting for this and
1: Tom York his song for the beginning of the movie it was a really beautiful song I felt but it just it can't do what the original soundtrack did. Also it was kind of absent from the entire film except for I think the beginning and the end of the film. Yeah. Whereas Goblins their music is played all throughout the original um, Suspiria. It drives it. It Totally. Yeah. It, it drives the tension. It. Mm, we might have some I kind of want to put some of the music in
0: here. <laughs> I think that like the filmmakers would probably say well we use that pull that line you know we we're not looking to to be compared to the original or we're not trying to remake the original but well why don't you read
1: Dario Argento's quote now yeah speaking of which
0: but my point is that like what they're bringing to the story it, it, it's not enough. It, it's too thin and it's, yeah. But Dario Argento, uh, thanks to IMDb, we found this awesome quote um, from an interview he did with IndieWire uh, from August 2016. And he said, quote, either you do it exactly the same way, in which case it's not a remake, it's a copy, which is pointless, <laughs> or you can change things and make another movie. In that case, why call it Suspiria? And I totally agree with that like i kind of feel like they should have named this movie something else and then just been like sort of like inspired by the original it was a different movie
1: i do have to say though i will give the movie credit that the choreography and the um the set design of the very last scene was gorgeous i mean that
0: was a beautifully beautifully shot scene And when Dakota Johnson first shows up and does her little audition, or no, it's when she takes the lead role in rehearsal. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what did you think about the sacrifice of that other girl?
1: That scene was really, really hard for me to watch. Um, Yeah. So basically, there's a scene in the movie where uh, Dakota Johnson is dancing and There's another dancer who has kind of figured out what's going on in this dance school and is is trying to leave and trying to make other people aware. And they torture this poor girl by putting her in another room. And while Dakota Johnson's dancing, her body is just like contorting and flailing all over the place, which Spencer actually read some trivia. And I guess she's very um, hypermobile. And a lot of those movements that was actually her. Ew. I know. It was pretty gross. Um, that was definitely a very, very disturbing scene and very hard to watch. Um, that part creeped me out. But the rest of it, it was just so slow. It didn't there was no tension being built up during the movie. There was no scares. There was I don't know. It just it fell short on so many levels. I wouldn't recommend this movie. Uh, I would definitely recommend people check out the original. But I guess if you're curious like
0: I was, watch it. It's um, it's free on Amazon Prime. Yeah. If you have Amazon Prime right now.
1: Yeah, I'm glad I didn't have to pay for it. That's all. Uh what would you would you recommend this?
0: Movie? I wouldn't unless uh the other thing I wrote down was because Tilda Swindon did play this male doctor character. Um Jessica Harper has, who is the original Susie Banyan from the original film, she has a small uh, cameo in the movie as the doctor's wife. Mm-hmm. And I literally wrote down, uh, Jessica Harper and Tilda Swit and totes kissed. Um, <laughs> they did. So if you kind of want, if you that kind of thing turns you on, like tilda swindon dressed as an old man kissing jessica harper then yes i think you should watch this movie um otherwise i i, I would honestly say stick to the original agreed all right i think
1: we spent way too much time talking about the oh. remake of suspiria all right so next the dead don't die jim jarmusch's new movie which uh yes we did mention and i think our very very first podcast that we did uh talking about summer horror movies so mindy what are your initial thoughts on this movie
0: Initially, I was so excited because I Jim Jarmusch, for some reason, when I watch his stuff, it's kind of like um, movie Xanax to me. Like, I don't know why I, I love watching his movies and like meandering down his road movies and just going with it. And I just always really like enjoy his stuff. So early on, I was loving it. Yeah, I felt right at home. I mean, right off the bat, Tom Waits, of course, we get him, who's a regular in all of Jarmusch's stuff, the sense of humor, the small-town America vibe, like, all of it classic to him. Adam Driver is in the film, and the phrase he kept saying was, "Uh, this isn't going to end well, (laughs) over and over again, which uh, was a clear, like, take on I've got a bad feeling about this from Star Wars. I really liked the
1: um the combination of him and Bill Murray.
0: I actually wrote down too that uh, Adam Driver and Bill Murray are the dream team I never knew I needed in my life. <laughs> I thought they were great together. And then we hear tell of Steve Buscemi's character who is like an ornery local farmer. Early on in the film we see his character for the first time and he has a hat on that says make America white again. And I was like well that's not very subtle. political, yeah. <laughs> not subtle at all. And then as the movie went on, and and someone can correct me because I have not seen I've seen most of Jarmusch's stuff, but clearly not all. It got meta and political in this way that I have not seen Jarmusch do before, and it was a little on the nose. So. You might not like it
1: if you like a typical zombie movie because this is not your typical zombie movie. That's a good point. The previews for this made me think it was going to be more of like a Shaun of the Dead type, just like over the top kind of um, crazy, funny uh, zombie movie or maybe something like Zombieland, but it's extremely slow moving. Yeah, it's it's basically Jim Jarmusch's social commentary on how we are all like zombies because we are... Hooked to our phones, we are hooked to the internet, we are, you know, sucked into politics, we are sucked into material possessions. This is the only zombie movie I think where I've seen zombies actually talk instead of just like moaning and whining. The zombies were actually, you know, they would see something that they were transfixed on in real life, like coffee or Skittles, and they would just walk around saying, like, Skittles. Well, and there was... Phone. Yeah, there was
0: somebody who literally was like, Wi-Fi. Yes, there was a
1: zombie saying Wi-Fi. I will say, though, that I thought it was really funny Um, in the very first zombie scene where the zombies go into the diner and the one zombie's like, coffee. It totally reminded me of Dougie Jones from season three of Twin Peaks.
0: Is that, and I was thinking the Black Lodge, the way it sounds when in the finale of season 1 of Twin Peaks with their back and forth coffee coffee. Yeah. And yeah. They break the fourth wall in this movie basically. And uh Adam Driver at the end, Adam Driver keeps saying over and over again which this made me laugh. Uh, you know, I have a feeling this is gonna end badly. And at one point, Bill Murray's just like, shut up! Like, and just freaks out on him. He finally, he's like, how do you know it's gonna end badly? And Adam Driver's like, well, I read the script. And I literally was <laughs> like, what? I'm sorry, what? And Bill Murray says, well, I only had our scenes. After, I'm paraphrasing, but he says something like, after all I've done for that guy, you don't even know, that fucker. Which, that made me laugh, because Bill Murray's obviously collaborated with Jim Jarmusch quite a bit. But I was also like, wait, why is this happening? Because it didn't, I don't think he's ever done that, for sure.
1: No. I've not seen as many of his movies as you have, but I, no, nothing that comes to mind.
0: You know, Tilda Swindon was a delightful weirdo in this as well, but then... She got sucked up as an alien into an alien spaceship. And I was kind of like, okay, the whole joke about like Tilda Swindon not being from this earth is kind (laughs) of long past. So it just, it felt. It was a very
1: meta movie.
0: I was surprised, I guess. I got really surprised. So I really liked it a lot until like midway through. And I still say that I liked it. But I just am confused as to why it's so preachy.
1: Directors, you know, they change their styles. I don't know how long it's been since he's made a movie before this one, but obviously the po- political climate in this country has been really, really fucked up for the last th- three or four years, um, you know, heading into the election and then after the election, whatever. We're not going to get into a fucking political conversation right now at all, but it is definitely made people fucking change the way they look at the world. So, he might have felt he needed to
0: make this movie because of that. That's, that's actually, my guess. That's actually what I wrote down as I was like, well, but is maybe this necessary right now?
1: It, this movie was not at all what I expected. I did like it. I thought the pace and the humor of the movie were kind of Lynchian, but I think Lynch does it way better. Also, great cast and it does pick up a little bit of steam halfway through the movie, and I thought there was some pretty graphic zombie killings. I would recommend it, but yeah. just know what you're about to watch. I think that's why it did so bad in the theaters is because obviously if it was billed as a um, slow political commentary <laughs> zombie movie, I don't think many people would have gone to see it, but at least people would have known what they were signing up for. All right, so let's talk about The Autopsy of Jane Doe, which is on Netflix. Uh, it has Emile Hirsch, whom I love because of Into the Wild. Oh, I love that movie so much. And I've never
0: seen that one still. What? But oh, I my know. God.
1: I'm obsessed with that movie. I've seen it so many times and read the book. And the soundtrack by Eddie Vedder is amazing. I'm yeah. shocked that you haven't seen it. You should totally watch it. It's so fucking good. I, I
0: know what it is, and I. it's one of those things that I've always... I haven't, like, not seen it for, like, just because I don't want to. Like, I just haven't gotten around to it. But.
1: And it's got a great cast, and I think um after Halloween month is over, and we're taking a small break from horror movies, I'll have you over, and we'll watch it together. Because okay. I haven't seen it in years, and I would love to watch it again. Okay. Uh, anyways, but yes, it has Emil Hirsch and... Brian Cox? Is that the... Who plays his father?
0: Yeah, I believe so.
1: Yes, Brian Cox, who is in Super Troopers, and he's been in a lot of shit. This movie I watched when Spencer was out of town. I watched it by myself, and I'm not going to lie, it scared the fucking shit out of me. And I even remember at one point I like got up to get a drink or like go to the bathroom or something, but I... I walked past my office and I swear I saw like a white shadow or a white figure like walk by. And I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> and I like I'm watching the rest of this movie with the lights. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> it scared the crap out of me. I really, really, really enjoyed this movie. Highly recommend it. And I, I think maybe like 45 minutes into the movie, I texted Mindy and was like, I'm watching the autopsy of Jane Doe. I'm like, fucking check it out.
0: I think thought it, like it was a good like slow build of suspense i thought like it were there were jumps jumpy scares but not like cheap ones um, and it, i actually wrote down dead people visuals creeptastic <laughs> um, so this is sort of getting into lo- like the logistics of the movie and this is a silly thing maybe to focus on but for some reason as i was watching it i was like i don't understand the layout of their house it's a
1: house in the basement is a morgue And it looks like the basement in the morgue area is way, way, way bigger than their actual house. So I'm assuming it just like sprawls underground way past where the house is. In the beginning of the movie, they did show um, the one character leaving through like kind of like cellar doors that Mm -hmm. just went directly outside. That may be the only way to get into the house and also... If it's an old farmhouse, I don't know how it was built. So I don't know if they had stairs that go down to the basement or if you only use the cellar doors. I don't fucking know. I don't really care. That was not an issue for me. I don't know why I thought of that, but I was just like, huh? Well, But also, by not having stairs, it made it so that they were trapped in this morgue, which just made the whole movie more terrifying. Being trapped in a morgue with crazy shit happening and bodies coming to life and everything, I mean, what's more terrifying than that, really?
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Very claustrophobic.
1: Even though it was in such a big space, it was very claustrophobic. There is a very heightened sense of tension throughout the whole thing. And I also recommended this to um, another one of my friends. What up, Bridget? I recommended (laughs) uh, this... For her to watch, and she watched it when her husband was working, like, overnights or something. And she said that she had a very hard time falling asleep that night. (laughs) So this movie, if you're looking for a good, scary
0: movie, this definitely is it. Yeah, I kind of feel like I don't want to say much more about the plot or anything, really. And I know we said spoilers at the beginning, but, like, it was was definitely creepy. I was a little confused at times but I think that that was the point because they they do a good let's just say they do a good job of kind of putting you in the mindset of of these people that are trapped in mm-hmm. the situation and, um, and
1: I also think they do a pretty good job at the end explaining everything it doesn't really leave you with a heightened sense of confusion or anything like that it doesn't really I wasn't disappointed with the ending yeah I, I thought the explanation was sufficient for what to explain what was going on. Would you I, recommend it?
0: I would. I would recommend it. I actually think I want to watch it again just to give it a second go around. And like now that I've done the initial one, then I can like knowing what happens, kind of rewatch it and then like wrap my head around it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'd recommend it. I, I was not expecting it. Like I just watched it because Sharon was like, you should watch this. And then I like really got into it and I was like, oh, wait, this is creepy as fuck. So... Yeah. yeah.
1: I hate, kind of hate to admit this, but I finally just watched Jacob's Ladder for the first time, which oh, right. it's such a um it's such a classic, I know, but it's intense. It's very intense and um the whole subject of uh the Vietnam War kind of always turned me off to it just cuz my dad was in Vietnam and I don't really like watching movies yeah. about Vietnam cuz it freaks me out thinking about things that happened to him or things that he did or whatever. So um finally I'm just like, fuck it, I need to watch this movie. And I watched it and I loved it. And yeah, the scenes in Vietnam were really hard to watch and pretty disturbing. And um but overall, I mean the movie was is so good. It you, really like puts you inside of Tim Robbins head and it was actually kinda sad too. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I really enjoyed it. Glad I finally watched it. And then this was a movie that we had on our trivia Oh right. Episode.
0: Yes, I'm dying to hear what you thought. I watched
1: Grave Encounters and I loved it. I thought it was um Isn't it good? It I is like really it too. good. And I don't watch the like Ghost hunter shows like Mindy does, Ghost Adventure, whatever. I don't even really know the names of them just because I know they're all bullshit. And I like how this show totally made fun of that. That's what I love too. Uh, Yeah, But at the same time, I loved that they actually found a really haunted location and the whole thing with time fucking with them and and just they're trapped and time and space seem to keep like shifting and altering and they just couldn't get out of this facility and oh yeah that was kind of a nightmare
0: yeah and I this is maybe another episode I don't want to talk about like the ghost hunting television phenomenon too much but um first of all I, I don't really watch ghost adventures because I don't really care for those guys that much but I do think it's funny because the tone in terms of modern ghost hunting shows that are on right now as opposed to like when like ghost hunters back in the day started is that people like on ghost adventures tend to go in more like we're gonna find some fucking ghosts and like they're like dude bros that like yell at the ghosts and like swear and freak out and stuff like that so um and then yeah do a lot of stuff obviously for attention and well, most of it's probably bullshit I think with those guys um, so I kind of liked the idea of this movie calling that out but then like those same guys kind of getting what ha- they had coming like oh for sure yeah. yeah
1: the the main character in Grave Encounters is a total fucking douche and I enjoyed what happened to him so
0: there was a sequel i think i watched five minutes of it and shut it off i don't even remember what happened in it and so i wouldn't recommend that one but i would recommend the first one for sure
1: and so now um this is the movie that i was most excited about seeing this halloween season uh we discussed this on our um summer halloween movie episode, mm, uh, but we right. both went to go see Three from Hell on opening day.
0: And we got a free poster because it was like a limited edition thing. It was pretty cool.
1: Yeah. And this is, for those of you who don't know, this is uh, Rob Zombie's third installment of the... Um, House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects.
0: This is the uh, third movie in that series. Regarding the Firefly family, which is confusing to those of us who are browncoats, uh, shout out to all of you uh, Firefly Serenity fans out there, because I'm used to Firefly being associated with a spaceship and not a killer family, but they are no the family. I what the fuck you're talking about. But <laughs> People will know what I'm talking about. But this is the Firefly family. Yes.
1: I... Didn't have a ton of... I, I really went into it without a lot of expectation because I really thought that The Devil's Rejects was going to be the last uh, installment of of that story. And um, I actually really liked it, but I'm going to say it was the least favorite of the three for me. I I like the other two um, much, much, much more. But I, I, I wasn't disappointed. It was fun.
0: I thought it was great fun. I, so, Sharon is the Rob Zombie fan, the big fan. Um, I appreciate him very much for what he does. And just the fact that he has an original voice, for God's sakes. Like, nobody in horror these days, it's very rare to find that. But um, I had a blast watching this movie and I thought it was funny and despite the subject matter I feel like it was lighter than the majority of his stuff that he's done and I just enjoyed every second of it and I can't wait to see it again honestly but it was really fun to see it in the theaters
1: and I really liked that baby they made baby kind of like the main character of this one and she was a total fucking badass
0: absolutely and I have such an appreciation for Sherry Moon Zombie
1: and I also want to say I um did not realize that w- D Wallace, who her character Holy was shit. in the movie, and I thought that her character was fucking awesome and good job, like good makeup. I mean, they didn't even really do like too too much. But she also,
0: you're welcome, Mindy, for finding that on IMDb because we were like we saw her name in the credits after the movie, and we were like, who the fuck was D Wallace? And then I sent you a text, I think, the next day because I looked. I mean
1: Online. to be honest, I could have just gone to IMDb and looked myself. So. Don't take away my <laughs> Don't input. give yourself too much credit for something that millions <laughs> of people are able to do on their phones.
0: But it's true though, <laughs> like it she was she had a cameo, they had a lot of cameos and they were used very well and that's what I like about Rob Zombie is yeah. that I feel like he brings at least like new ideas and a voice and he references he draws on the history of horror to make yes a new statement or story or whatever Wallace and it's and PJ Souls
1: and you know yes. Sid Haig and like a, a... oh
0: Sid Haig oh and yes just take a moment yes
1: let's thank you Sid ta- Haig for take everything. a moment of silence for Sid Haig all right so I think and that's he all... was
0: in this movie but very he
1: briefly. W- yeah, it was very
0: briefly and it was but he, it, and, good to and, see him one last time. And absolutely. He, and The Devil's Rejects, his scene where he steals the car with the little kid, is like my favorite. That made me laugh so hard. Thank you, Sid Hagg, for cracking me up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. So yeah, that's all we're really going to say about that. One of the other movies that I watched uh, was Deep Red, which Ooh. is another Argento film, and I really, really enjoyed this movie. It reminded me of a Hitchcock movie. The music was also done by Goblin, who did the music for Suspiria. The original. The original Suspiria, yes, thank you. Argento, from a cinematography standpoint, he does horror movies like no one else. His movies are so beautiful. There is one scene in the movie that mimicked the painting Nighthawks by Edward Hopper, who's one of my favorite artists. And mine too. It was just such a gorgeous scene, like in Suspiria, his use of uh like the red paint to show blood. It's just so like thick and vibrant. Um it's gorgeous and it's just different from a lot of the blood in other horror movies. He really makes murder look beautiful. Honestly, and his attention to detail—you can tell he just puts so much effort into his work. It's just a beautiful
0: movie. I love it. What? How did you watch it? Was it on Shutter? Or oh, what was it? yeah, it was on Shutter. It was on Shutter. Yeah. Okay. Totally recommend this movie. Okay, so I actually watched. Um, I had to rent it, but um, is it actually a documentary? I have two movies that I watched. One was Wrinkles the Clown, which I honestly can't recommend enough it's it's it was made um recently but this whole story started in 2014 uh there's a gentleman who is from what we know because the documentary has a bit of a twist to it but from what we know there's a gentleman who is retired living in florida and basically started advertising with like just simple stickers on like late posts, or he did eventually create a YouTube channel on a website where he basically is a clown for hire and is specifically uh, in the genre of of setting naughty kids straight. Um, He advertises that he will scare your children into submission, essentially. That's putting it very lightly. There's a lot more nuance to this documentary, but it's pretty rad because, like, you think that, like, you're seeing this old. You never actually see who the real dude is, whose wrinkles. You only see him in his costume. For the majority of the, the documentary, you're seeing what we find out is an actor playing the old man uncostumed which is really interesting because this guy went to new levels of uh anonymity to create this character but then we do eventually see the real quote unquote wrinkles but he's blacked out and is very clearly using a voice modulator the documentary is a really interesting discussion of like what the internet has done to what a term that i hadn't thought about or heard digital folklore like Slenderman Uh, because like Slenderman wasn't real it was part of a creepypasta contest and somebody came up with a photoshop that looked really awesome and it led to real life murders, and it did and so they do show these children because Wrinkles does have a phone number like a legit phone number and a legit web presence and so it became this like game they interviewed a few different children in the documentary from all across the country that like will call the number because yeah. they're like, it's like a Bloody Mary type situation, <laughs> but it's this real dude. And the guy, you know, in anonymity was saying, like, I really did not count on this taking off in that way or becoming this big of a phenomenon. But he said that the, the mask that he found that he uses it as wrinkles, which is super creepy, like worse than the creepiest clown mask you can imagine. (laughs) He said that he chose it because he found it somewhere and it reminded him of Michael Myers and his grandfather, Oh god, which I thought was hilarious. And so it's just a really interesting commentary on what the internet can do to Mm. digital folklore, which I think is a really interesting phrase and a really interesting idea. And I highly recommend this documentary. You won't go to bed scared necessarily, but it's awesome it'll make you think it was really well done and it he is certainly creepy looking as fuck so
1: all right i yeah i saw this highly recommend
0: and i was like wrinkles the column, mm. i thought glad- it was a joke i seriously thought it was yeah. a
1: joke no i'm glad you watched it first um and recommended it because i'm gonna have to check it out all right so just a couple more movies um that i've watched the nun did not enjoy that James Wan, one of the writers. Uh, I'm gonna say I love the Conjuring series, um, and I do like the most recent Annabelle movie. It wasn't great, but it was it was fine. It was more enjoyable than um, the the first Annabelle
0: movie. I just have to say that I so I agree. I actually quite like James Wan when he's a director when he's fully in charge. But I just have to say that I watched this with a friend of mine and I was ripping on it like you would a stupid horror movie from the beginning. Like I was making comments, whatever. And my friend was pissed at the end because he was like, that was terrible. And I was like, well, what did you think we were watching? And he thought it was going to be genuinely scary. And I was like, I just, yeah, it didn't scare me. Every.
1: It, I, to me, every scare was predictable. Where with The Conjuring, that scared me. That legit, the first and second one legit scared Even me. Even though the
0: second one is is a giant stretch on the original story, it was yeah. still as a fictional movie. I it thought, was good. very good and very well done and very scary. And I have nothing
1: against high budget horror movies. Like if that's if that's what you want to do, go for it. Because there's some really good ones. And which brings me to my next movie is
0: Dead Silence*, which I also (gasps) watched, which Which I never finished. What? I I have to finish it. I started watching it with a friend, and then had to go to go home. And okay, so go finish it. Well, also James Wan. Now this is super good. This is yeah, it's
1: really good. And this is a high budget horror movie done. Right. And I loved it. And the last movie I'm going to mention is The Burning, which <laughs> stars a young... Well, I shouldn't say stars because he's more of a, a co-star. It, it it has a young Jason Alexander who plays oh George, George from Seinfeld, full head of hair, Holly Hunter, who is only in it for maybe like two really small scenes. Okay. Like she's... Like like if you blink, you kind of miss her. I love her. But it's such a good 80s uh, horror movie because we looked up, um, Spencer and I, we looked up like top slasher movies from the 80s because I have such a soft spot for 80s slasher flicks. Um, I love them so much. And this was one that neither of us had heard of before. And it was really good. And I'm surprised that it's not, More well known.
0: Because it's his first, right? James Wan, it's his first. Isn't that his first?
1: We're not talking about James Wan anymore, Mini. Catch up. We're talking about
0: 80s slasher movies now.
1: (laughs) The Burning. Oh, I'm sorry. Starring young Jason Alexander.
0: It's okay. I I I did lapse a second and was a second behind. That's all right. Too much pumpkin beer. (laughs) No, that's awesome. I want to see Jason Alexander with hair. That might be scary enough, really.
1: He was kind of cute. (laughs) <laughs> in a way um but yeah i highly recommend this movie and it, it was not um you know there there's a little bit of cheese factor but overall it was creepy and it, a little scary and there is um a really uh freaky scene that takes place on a a homemade wooden raft and that's
0: all i'm gonna say about that but oh i'm gonna have to check that out check it out and the, i think we watched it on voodoo i think we watched it on voodoo the internet i'll find it i have one more movie that i wanted to talk about and it was one that came up during our last pumpkin beer tasting <laughs> um that during our trivia but i watched the butterfly room which yes Ray Wise. (laughs) Yes, stars Ray Wise and the... Nancy from... Heather Langenkamp, but above all of them, the badass Barbara Steele. As of 2012, which is when this movie was made, she still got it. It's all I gotta say. But I didn't think it was scary necessarily, but I had a blast. Like, I literally want to own this movie. It wasn't a B-movie necessarily, but it sort of was... But Barbara Steele has still got it, and she could scare the pants off of anybody. She's amazing. Ray Wise, as mentioned, is in it, and there is a blatant, wrapped in plastic, nod. Not even a nod. Like, it's not even a wink. Like, it's pretty blatant, and he's even in the scene. But it's not so campy that he, like, you know, like in...
1: Wait, for those of you who don't know who Ray Wise is... He was on Twin Peaks. So the Wrapped in Plastic is a Twin Peaks reference. That's, for all those. That's right. For the all movie- of you who don't know what that is. And um for all of you who do not know what Twin Peaks is, go watch Twin Peaks because it's the best
0: fucking TV show ever. And it's scary and creepy. And- so yeah, like there was a Wrapped in Plastic very obvious but like it also stars the movie has cameos from a bunch of horror movie favorites, like PJ Souls, and I don't know the girl's name, oh. but The girl who's the final girl in the original Friday the 13th, she's in it for like five seconds.
1: Oh, okay. But it's adorable.
0: And then, yes, as mentioned, Heather Langenkamp is in it, who's Nancy from the original Nightmare on Elm Street. And I'm just going to go ahead and say that technically she and Barbara Steele are like the leads. And to see the two of them go head to head, I was losing my shit in a good way um it is creepy technically like i didn't go to bed scared but it was such a blast to watch all of these people showing up in these little scenes and also at least as recent as 2012 to see barbara steel vamping that shit up i was super psyched i loved it so i had to rent it from youtube i think but it was only like four bucks or something i highly recommend it's a good time the butterfly room check it out I think I'm going to watch that one tonight. Oh, God. It's so good. I want to watch it with you, actually. No. (laughs) No, bitch. You're going home.
1: No, bitch. So anyways, that is our horror movie roundup. Not to be confused with whores. Yes, but if you want to watch horror movies all month, go ahead. About whores or horror, whichever you
0: choose. We go for horror, but...
1: Yeah. So hopefully we gave you um, a couple of recommendations in there. And also we appreciate your recommendations. So if you have any, please uh, give us a shout out on the social medias or emails at whores talk horror at gmail dot com. Um, also send us. Any of your Halloween stories um, or anything else maybe you want to hear us talk about in the future. Because, oh, yeah, like recommendations or. Yeah, absolutely. Because unfortunately, Halloween month is going to be over before we know it. And we're going to be getting into um, the holiday seasons with Thanksgiving and Christmas, which
0: are not my favorite times of the year. But they deal with ghosts technically. So we're going to keep going like Holy Spirit, blah, blah, blah. Are we, though? Well, we're Holy still, Spirit. We're gonna still That's, talk about scary shit. That is sounds basically like Jesus to
1: me. We're not gonna be talking about Jesus. No,
0: but we're still gonna talk about scary shit. Yes, so, of course. We're always talk about scary shit. Please keep it coming for shit. those of you that have written in. Thank you, and please keep writing in more.
1: Yeah, and as always,
0: thanks, thanks for getting crazy.
1: creepy with us.